cats nestle close to their kittens. The lambs have lain down with the sheep. You're cozy and warm in your bed, my dear. Please go the fuck to sleep. The windows are dark in the town, my child. The whales huddle down in the deep. I'll read you one very last book if you swear you'll go the fuck to sleep. The eagles soar through the sky, are at rest, and the creatures who crawl run and creep. I know you're not thirsty. That's bullshit. Stop lying. Lie the fuck down, my darling, and sleep. The wind whispers soft through the grass. The field mice, they make not a peep. It's been 38 minutes already. Jesus Christ, what the fuck? Go to sleep. All the kids from daycare are in dreamland. The froggy has made his last leap. Hell no, you can't go to the bathroom. You know where you can go? The fuck to sleep. The owls fly forth from the treetops. Through the air they soar and they sweep. A hot crimson rage fills my heart, love. For real. Shut the fuck up. And sleep. <laughs> Happy recording day. Hey, welcome to the Unchurched Podcast, where your hosts, Michael and Sean, discuss issues of church, life, and religion. No subject is off limits, and our honesty and humor drives our discussion. We welcome you to sit in on the conversation and laugh with us as we challenge serious things. So pour your drink, kick your feet up, and let's get started with the show. So uh, I did say on the last podcast that I was going to read from one of my favorite books, Go the Fuck to Sleep by Adam Mansbach. I think that's how you pronounce his name. I hope it's not Adam Mansbach. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Mansbach. Anyway, <laughs> what's up, everybody? I hope you enjoyed that little excerpt. I, uh, I was sitting down here in my office and trying to figure out if I actually could read the whole book or not without getting a cease and desist from somebody. And um, apparently the answer is no, I cannot read the whole thing. Uh, something about uh, not being, uh, or or I guess it's the fair something use. God, what was it called? Fair something use, fair use policy under the copyright law basically says that uh, you know for small uses like if you're going to use it in a classroom or something like that a copyrighted book in the classroom and you were going to put it online that's fair use um, because it's private whatever but on something like a public podcast like we have here or like something over YouTube that anybody can access for any 
at any time and something that would like always be up. Um, you could potentially be taking away sales from audio books or whatever. Duke can still be making some money off the book, which he is. We obviously have it. Um, that would be taking money out of his pocket and we wouldn't be able to do it without permission. And I, I do live by that rule. I'd rather ask for forgiveness than permission most of the time. Um, but, and even though we're not making any money on this podcast, I didn't want to have to go through the trouble of having to email and contact the publisher, get permission, get it in writing, blah, 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 blah. It's not that important. I've read this book so many times. It's still funny to me uh, <laughs> after reading it over and over again. But anyway, um, welcome to the podcast. Glad you're here to joining us. Uh, Sean's still out. Shoot out in prayer for him and his family. And um, hopefully I'll get a chance to talk to him tonight after I'm done recording. At least I'm going to try to. They are doing good. And uh, busy. Super busy. Doing a lot of work on top of all the family stuff. Uh, they're doing a... They got a, they're pretty busy. So. And busy for him. And his line of work means money. So kudos to him. And uh, we'll keep on praying and keep on supporting him. So join me in doing that, please. Uh, tonight, I, I wanted to just get on here and, and talk for a little bit. It's going to be a shorty. Uh, here in the Detroit area, man, we had such bad storms the other day. It was crazy. Like, bad, bad, bad thunderstorms. Uh, a lot of flooding happened. A lot of power outages. And... I guess you guys, maybe some of you that's been following us for a while, you remember uh, last year. I thought it was two years ago, but apparently it was just last year um, that we had that huge storm that knocked down our privacy fence. And um, it was right after that storm that Sean in Brooklyn uh, came to visit us. <laughs> and we, you know, thankfully were able to get a generator to keep things going. Uh, but they came in town like the the night of that storm that knocked down trees and power lines. It wasn't that bad uh, on Monday for us, but we did have a little bit of wind damage and um, a, a big electrical coil uh, right before the transformer actually fell down because of the wind damage and took some wind damage and fell uh, down to the street. Thankfully, nobody got hurt, uh, and we were out of power for only five hours, thankfully. But they were five very painful hours. Um, thankfully, we both were done working for the day at the time. It was like 4.30 when it, when it hit, or actually, it was actually earlier than that when it hit when the storm hit, but it was 4.30 when we actually lost power. And power didn't come back on until about 9.30 that night. Anyway, it was pretty gnarly. Did I just say that word, gnarly? Don't judge me, hell. So, uh, it was pretty bad. 
um, the house had a huge power surge and we're looking around the house and like only half the lights are on only half the power outlets worked internet went out which was the biggest travesty for us um, but the thing that I was most concerned about I've talked about my refrigerator horror stories that I've had here because after that big storm over a year ago now when the power finally came back on there was a big surge because I didn't turn off the breaker and it fried my refrigerator and we were out of our refrigerator didn't work for like six weeks and it took that long for the um, the damn uh, warranty company to actually bring somebody in to uh, give us a new refrigerator it was a mess um so that was my main concern when the power went out. And um, so I, I immediately turned off the master breaker switch that cut off the power to the whole house. And I'm thinking, all right, that was a big power surge. I hope nothing got damaged. I won't be able to tell if the refrigerator in the kitchen is damaged or the deep freezer in the garage is da damaged until the morning, right? I got to give it some time if in the morning everything in the freezer is melted or, you know, the, at least the, the ice molds that I have in there. If it's still just water, then I know I'm I'm fucked. Uh, but thankfully, uh, about 930, the power came back on. And the way I knew it, <laughs> I was I was doing my nightly routine, right? I'm outside smoking a cigar, drinking a little bit of whiskey. And um, that's the way I like to end my night. On the patio, under the canopy, with the lights on. But power was out, so I had no lights. Uh, I'm just sitting out there um, with, the, uh, with my cigar, chilling. And then all of a sudden, I started hearing people's AC units kick back on. So... Cigar in hand, I went out to the front, kind of walked up and down the street, saw people's lights were on, and I was like, all right, now I can turn my shit back on. So before I hit the master switch back on, I went ahead and turned off all the heavy stuff. So the kitchen, the washer and dryer, furnace, all that stuff, I just I cut it all off, turned the master switch on, and then slowly started turning the different rooms on with that take very low energy. So I turned on the den where the, uh, where our, uh, cable box is, the, the internet box is, the modem. I turned that on first. No pops. I'm like, okay, good. Living room on dining room on master bedroom on wife was happy. She was laying in bed. Ceiling fans started going, you know, lights came on. That was nice. So turning all this stuff on slowly and we had no issues, but the internet was out still. And I'm the dummy who I've got surge protectors on just about everything in the house, except for my internet modem. Don't ask me why. I don't know. <laughs> I have no clue as to why everything is on the surge protector except for that. 
sure as shit that got searched that that got killed in the search so uh, Tuesday Tuesday morning I contacted Xfinity the cable company internet provider and um, I'm like hey got no internet went through all the shit they had me go through long story short it's fried so they said look we'll give you another one all you got to do is go to the store they open at 10 a.m and i'm like 10 a.m man i started work at seven so i contact my boss and i'm like hey power's out actually just came back on but um i've got no internet she was like, well, you're just going to have to tether off your phone. And I'm like, damn, I forgot. I've got a company phone, cell phone with unlimited data. I can, uh, I can use that internet and still work. I was like, damn, I wish you didn't remind me of that. I haven't had to use it in so long. I said, I wish you hadn't reminded me of that. I was just going to go up to the cigar lounge and work from there for the day. Now I got to tell my wife that, <laughs> that I'm going to tether and sit at home. It wasn't that bad. So anyway, uh, 10 o'clock came. I went to one store. They didn't have my exact same modem. They had the previous model. I said, fuck that. Thank you for your help, but I don't want it. I'll find another store. Drive 20 minutes to another Xfinity store. Luckily, they had it, and um, the the lady that was helping me said, yeah, the storm really affected everybody, and um, it's not just you. We've been busy all morning long, and even yesterday, last night, we were super busy because people aren't putting their uh, modems on surge protectors. They all got fried. I'm like, well... I was very, very fortunate that they had one left just for me. So, you know, got to be looking out. Big homie in the sky. Um, but I was thinking today, you know, before this podcast, uh, thinking about what I wanted to talk about. And, and I guess I just wanted to have a very honest moment uh, as I as I reflected on my behavior uh, during those five hours, I, I was uh, quite a bit frustrated, to say the least. You know, I was thinking about, you know, I was thinking about Wednesday today, trying to uh, figure out, you know, how I'm going to get my job done. I'm like, I got a fucking staff meeting at 730 in the morning. You know, I, I need to be able to be on that call. I need to be able to take care of business. <sighs> Lo and behold. You know, I jumped on my computer at seven <laughs> and my boss had canceled the staff meeting. <laughs> Maybe that's a plus. I don't know. It depends on how you look at it. But um, I I was very frustrated, you know. So Monday night, I'm Monday night. We always stay home and eat, you know, most days. Right. We, we typically go out to dinner as a family on Thursdays to, uh, you know, just to go out and uh, kind of ease our way into the weekend. I usually barbecue all weekend long, so that's not an issue. But Thursday nights, we 
before Max was here, Thursday night was our date night. We would go out to eat together, um, just the two of us, but kind of kept that going with Max. So never on a Monday. So this is Monday night of the storm. I'm kind of pissy, <laughs> to say the least. I'm pissy. And so I, I told the wife, I, hey, I said, hey, get the boy together and um, we're going to go out to eat. And so we start picking up the house a little bit because for some dumb reason, we always clean up the house before we leave to go out anywhere as if somebody's going to judge us. But so we're picking up the house, picking up the kitchen, cleaning up stuff. And um, afterwards, the wife looks at me and says, hey, so uh, what do you want to do for dinner? Like, should we just blah, blah, blah? And I just kind of snapped at her like, didn't I just say get the boy together? We're going out like get a bag together. Let's go. I'm hungry. <laughs> I went straight 1950s on her. <laughs> Not on purpose. I was just frustrated and, and upset. You know, I'm like, you know, let's go. Let's get this show on the road, man. I checked myself. You know, calm down. And uh, we went somewhere that we never go ever to eat. Actually, I don't think we've ever been there to eat together. Gilbert's loud, uh, Lounge kind of looks like a a tavern that you would go to up north. But very, very old lodgy type of feel. Hence the name. Well, we got there and believe it or not, Monday night is half off pizza night so I'm like fuck yeah let's get a pizza so we got a nice big pizza and I had some nice beers and calmed myself down I just looked at the wife and I was like you know what I'm pissy you know I just had like a come to Jesus moment at the dinner table like this is extremely frustrating for me you know I realized after some introspection that you know, it's a growth opportunity for me that when things are completely out of my control and things are not going my it's not. Uh, believe me, uh, let me just preface this by saying, like, this is something small, like I was just being a little bitch about it, but it was still real to me at the moment and still real emotions and shit that I had to process and work myself through. But it was deeper than that for me. The, the deeper aspect of it for me after some introspection introspection was um, when things are out of my control, I can I have the tendency to get extremely uh, frustrated and irritable and I can get snippy and bitchy, you know, and not very comfortable to be around. And I need time to be able to process what's going on, think it through, but I kind of felt like I didn't have any time to process it. At least I didn't give myself the time that I needed um, to, to process the situation and work my way through it mentally and emotionally so that I could be softer 
to my wife to be softer just period um but i did deal with it and i did eventually process it that same night before the power came back on within that hour <laughs> i took the time to process it and check myself and get myself in order and it, it's a it's definitely a muscle and it's definitely a skill set that we need to have and we need to practice because if something that small can set you off, God help you in the big things, right? I, at least, I don't know about you, but that's the way that my mind works. That's where my mind goes. It's like, man, the power went out. I, I, I guess for me, one of the, one of the big things, I, I cook. I do majority of the cooking in the house. And I guess part of the anxiety that fed the frustration and and pissiness was in the back of my mind. I'm like, my family needs to eat tonight. I can't run my electric oven. <laughs> the only thing I wanted to do was make some meatloaf cupcakes, put a bomb ass sauce on it, take pictures of it, put it on my Instagram and be like, wow, look at me. This is cool. I cooked. <laughs> That's what I wanted. And that plan got curtailed. So I, I was frustrated because I wasn't able to execute the vision that I had for dinner. I told you this was deeper for me, right? Uh, but I also said that this is small and I was just bitching. And I'll admit that. I've got no problem admitting that because I've worked, I've worked through it at this point. Uh, but I'm trying to bring you along for the journey. So stop judging me, fool. Um, and then today, you know, I was just, I don't know, still thinking about it, right? A little bit. So after, you know, Internet's on, I was able to work. I, it, actually, <laughs> what I did was I went and got the modem on Tuesday. Came home and installed it and went through the prompts online to try to get it set up and it just wasn't working. I sat there on the den on the on the uh, little coffee table that I have there in the den and I worked on it for a good 20 minutes and I was getting so pissed because it still wasn't working. So like, you've got no Internet coming into the house. And I'm like, fuck you. Of course, the power's back on. Yeah, I've got Internet. I just needed a new modem. The old modem wasn't working. The new one isn't working. And I'm just going through all these scenarios in my head and just getting madder and madder and madder by the second. I took a break, took a drink of water, talked to the wife for a second. And I was like, you know what? I know what's wrong. I went downstairs to where the, the main feed goes into the house. There's a little power block that we have down there that, uh, you know, plugs in, in the basement, right behind the washer and dryer. I'm like, I got to see if this plug works. Tried to turn on the washer and dryer. Neither one of them would work. Okay. I got to reset the GFI. I hit the reset. Still wasn't working. Hit the reset again. Still wasn't working. Got a little frustrated. I took something. I jabbed it in there. 
because I needed to press it really hard, apparently. And then clicked. Green light came on. Then all of a sudden, notification on my phone says, beep, beep, beep. Internet setup is initiated. And boom, I go through all the prompts. And I'm like, all right, after all of this, I need a cigar. <laughs> so I, I got everything set up. I made sure my computer was logged in, my phone, tablet, everything was on the Wi-Fi like it was supposed to. I had the wife go ahead. She was tethering her computer off of her phone, just like I was doing. And um, she was able to get online to finish out her work day. I gave her a kiss, said peace out, and I went straight to the cigar lounge and I worked the rest of the day from there. I felt like I owed it to myself as a pat on the back for um, keeping my cool, even though I didn't. I still rewarded myself for keeping my cool on Tuesday and not losing it. Um... But, you know, it got me to thinking, like, there's some real serious shit that people are going through, right? There's serious shit that happens. Shit happens every single day. Unfortunately, we step in it all the time. I told you my philosophy on life a long time ago. Life is like picking up dog shit in the backyard. Just when you feel like you've picked up every single piece you turn around and you step in a pie. <laughs> That's how I feel a lot of times. It's like, man, I just stepped in shit. Now I, 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 I got to clean these shoes off or throw them away and buy new shoes. A lot of things that happen in life, that's exactly how I feel. Like I just stepped into a pie. Um... But the reality is, is God doesn't give you more than you can bear. Right? That's what we believe. That's what we believe the Bible teaches. Like there's, there's trials that come. There's shit that happens. But you have to believe that if it's here, if the trouble is here, you have the capacity to bear it and to overcome it. My mom has a saying that she's taught, and I'm, I'm putting it in the book that I'm writing, four things that I've learned from my mom. She has this saying, adapt, adjust, and overcome. I've heard this as far back as I can remember. I want to say my whole life, but she probably didn't my whole life. But I've heard this from her so many times I've lost count. Adapt, adjust, overcome. Keep it moving. And, um, and, and it just rings so true to me. Because in that statement means that you have the capacity to actually get to that place of overcoming. You have it within you to actually come out smelling like roses instead of shit at the end of the day. The only thing that it requires is an initial decision on your part 
to not fold. Like we have to make the decision that we're not going to quit. We have to make the decision that we have to be mature enough as Christians, as people, period, to look at our look at our behavior, not lick our behavior, look at our behavior, check it if it's off, and then change direction. That's the whole concept behind repentance, right? Like we all sin, we all fall short of the glory of God, and a major part of repentance is it, it liter- that word repent literally means to turn, right? In scripture, it literally means the original Greek word of for repentance that escapes me right now because I don't speak Greek every day. Um, it means to turn. It means to change your mind. And, and, and when that mind change happens, uh, it, it provides a direction for the heart, which, with, which changes the behavior. I, guys, come on now. I, I know that's a little too deep for <laughs> a power outage. But again, like I said, this is the way that my brain works. Like I take stuff. Especially when I'm not happy with my behavior, I take things to the nth degree and I say, I talk to myself and I encourage myself and I talk myself off a ledge. And that's a whole nother issue onto itself. I have a tendency to talk myself off a ledge and not rely on other people to talk me off. If I'm calling somebody else to get me off a ledge in my opinion I'm not really on the edge so not really there and I need to just suck it up and deal with it it reminds me of a story in the bible with uh, with David like the the typical passage the well not the typical passage the passage says that when david was in trouble he encouraged himself in the lord i've heard that scripture my entire life it's in um first samuel chapter 30 i looked it up i had to look it up because i was thinking about it and i had to read chapter 29 and chapter 30 again so that I could be reminded of the storyline. And just so you guys know that I'm not a walking Bible, I, I still have to look shit up and remember a story like, wow, I haven't read this in a long time. What was this story about? Anyway, um, Dave was going to fight with the Philistines in chapter 29. They told him to uh, go away. Go turn back. We don't want you. We don't want you here. We don't need you. He had like uh, 600 men with him. They were going to go do battle. And um, so he gets up in the morning and he goes back. Goes back home to the land of the Philistines. And uh, there's another group of people called the Amalekites. While David and his men were away, they had, you know, left their wives and their children and all their cattle and all that stuff 
because they were traveling quite a bit during that time of battle, right? You know, David, he battled a lot uh, during his kingship, if you will. So much so that God said that David could not build him a temple because his hands were too bloody, that his son Solomon would be the one to build a temple to God. Long story short, Amalekites went back to David's home. He got there, they got there before David did. David was like three days away. And uh, they took everything. They took all the cattle, all the food, took all the women, all the children. Didn't kill anybody, didn't hurt anybody. But took them all just like spoils of war. When they finally got back home, or to the places they were staying at the time, uh, the 600 men that were with David saw that everything that was left was burning to the ground. It was all on fire. And um, they all freaked out because all their wives and their children were gone and they cried. The Bible says that they cried, <laughs> they cried for so long until they didn't have any tears left to cry. And then after they were done being heartbroken and scared because of the potential of what has happened to their wives and children, they all in their hearts turned against David and they were threatening to stone him. Cause they're like, you know, Dave, if, if we weren't with you chasing down these damn Philistines and doing all this other shit that you had us doing in the last, for the last week, we would have been here to defend our, our wives and our children, but we weren't here and now everything is gone. And after that is where the scripture says, David encouraged himself in the Lord. He took some time and he calmed down himself after he, he wiped the tears from his eyes and he got done freaking out. He's like, you know what? I need to, uh, I need to consult my God right now. So he went to the priest and asked for the linen ephod, which is this thing that the, the priest would wear when they went to pray and seek counsel of God. I can't remember exactly. I mean, it was made of linen. Uh, but anyway, neither here nor there. So David took it, he started praying, and he asked God, should we go after them to get everybody back, if there's anybody to get back? And God's reply to him was, and I know this is a very common phrase, but this is where it's from. He says, go ahead and pursue them, and you will recover all. So uh, David goes, fights kills everybody Bible says that he from sun up to sundown he just they just went on a killing spree and uh, there was a few hundred men that escaped but on camels but for the rest of them they're all laying there dead and they got their women <laughs> I don't mean to say it like that they got their wives and their children back now here's the kicker for me so the Bible isn't clear on how David encouraged himself, what he did, 
We know in scripture that David was a worshiper. And so maybe you can assume that he went away from the 600 men and just spent some time in worship. Maybe. Um, maybe he danced. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe he played the harp. Remember, that's what he did for his predecessor, King Saul. Right? Saul was plagued with a bunch of demons and shit that he had going on. David would play the harp for King Saul. And Saul would be at peace and, and be able to, to rest at night because David was anointed playing that harp. It was just all worship for David. Who knows? Maybe he picked up a harp. I doubt it. I doubt that he carried a harp with him into battle. But, you know, whatever. Maybe it was worship. We know that after he encouraged himself is when he prayed. So we can't say that he encouraged himself by praying. Because the praying came after he encouraged himself. Maybe he did some push-ups. And some squats. Maybe he went hunting. Maybe he drank a, a ram skin full of wine. Who knows how he encouraged himself. But the conclusion that I came to is just the conclusion that scripture came to. That he encouraged himself. And that I have the responsibility to do the same thing. However, I find that peace. And I think every single one of us has something that we should enjoy enough that would get us out of our headspace, get us out of the place of torment or anguish or frustration or anger or depression, anxiety, whatever label that you want to put it on. When you're not in a healthy place or a healthy headspace, there's something that you have to do to encourage yourself. And if you find that thing, work it like a muscle. Get better and better and better at it. And you'll find that the distance between whatever it is, frustration, anger, depression, anxiety, whatever label you put it on, the distance between that and peace comes shorter and shorter. That line between that thing and peace, no peace and peace, the distance between the two gets cut shorter and shorter. You're able to get there faster and faster. You're able to get there more efficiently Everybody wants peace. Everybody wants peace of mind. Nobody wants to be in anguish. Nobody wants to be filled with anxiety or worry or depression or anger or anything. For me, I've practiced this. What I do for, for peace, I'm, I'm, I love cigars. That's not where I go. I love whiskey. That's not where I go. I'm an introvert. I've talked about this over and over again. I go inside my head. And I decide that I don't like my behavior. And then I'm, I'm just a thinker. I'm a thinking man. I like therapy. I like counseling. I like <laughs> dissecting the brain. 
So what I do is I practice on myself. Why am I feeling the way that I'm feeling? I acknowledge what happened. I acknowledge how it made me feel. But my question to myself is why did you feel that way? What were you? What's in the back of your mind? What's in your subconscious that made you react the way that you reacted? For me, this instance, with the power going out and me freaking out, I did that process, my process, and I got to the conclusion that the root of my frustration was my concern for my family to be able to eat. And not knowing how long the power was on or would be off, I didn't want to keep opening the freezer or the, or the refrigerator or whatever, trying to pull out food. And I couldn't cook anyway because the oven was off. Um, so for me, it was straight out of, I went to, you know, provider mode, who's unable to provide given the tools that he had. Then I had to go into survivor mode and, you know, try to fix the issue because I'm a fixer on top of that. And I'm I'm going through all of this shit and identifying what the issues are. And then coming to the conclusion that it's going to be okay. We have money. We can go out to eat, enjoy ourselves, come home, light some candles, go to bed. We'll be good. If the power is out still the next day, I had already contacted a friend of mine and said, hey, is your power on? He said, yes. Then I need your generator if my power is not on in the morning. And he agreed to give me his generator if the power wasn't on in the morning. Problem was solved. I was going to be able to save, save the fridge and save the deep freezer off the generator. I can be at peace. I worked myself through all of that shit to get there. Because my process is mental. Go through the mental anguish. Dissect it. Figure out what the emotions are. Dissect them. Change it. Maybe for you to get there, you need to play some music. Maybe you need to paint. Maybe you need to journal. Maybe you need to pray. Maybe you need to drink a glass of whiskey. Maybe you need a cigar. Whatever it is that you need that helps get you from no peace to peace, you need to get that thing and you need to, to do it and make the decision to do it so that you can shorten that distance between no peace and peace. Hopefully it's something healthy, but you get what I'm saying. I'm, obviously, I'm not saying go shoot up somewhere in a corner. Something healthy, a process that's healthy to get you to a healthy place. You got to encourage yourself, however you do that. But I still maintain the same thing the scripture said. He encouraged himself, then he prayed. He prayed for direction of what to do after he got his mind right. Maybe you need to pray first to get your mind right and then continue to pray to get your direction. Whatever works for you, do you. So, all right. 45 minutes in I'm going to go ahead and call this good because it's supposed to be a shorty for Wednesday it's hard doing these shorties without Sean because he can cut us off. he can cut me off right now I've got nobody to cut me off so I'm going to cut myself off hope you guys enjoyed this episode
Um, if you've got some stuff that you do that helps you get from point A to point B quickly, go ahead, drop me a comment, send us an email and say, hey, this is what I do. It works for me. You know, we'll talk about it and, and maybe uh, it'll help somebody else. So whatever you do, encourage yourself and keep your head up. We're in some trying times right now. There's a bunch of shit happening and we're stepping in it all the time. You don't have to stay in it. You can still come out smelling like roses after a shower, of course. All right. All right. Check us out on unchurchpodcast.show, not .com, .show. Uh, drop us a comment, a like, a share. Let us know that you're enjoying this. Either way, we're going to keep on going. We appreciate your attention. It means the world to us. Have an awesome rest of your day or night whenever you listen to this. And we love you a long time. Peace.